All right. And we're starting in three, two, one. Hello, my friends. I hope you and your loved ones are doing well. Welcome back to the H Suite. On today's episode, I have a lovely friend from my school, Barnard. Her name is Haifa. And we're going to talk a little bit about the transition out of college, what that experience has looked like for her and where she is now and her experience and journey. So stay tuned for that. Haifa, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. I'm an avid listener of your podcast. I still remember when I was a senior at Barnard, like your flyers would be everywhere of your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just excited to be here. <laughs> you don't know how much that makes me feel so good because I printed those and I put them up and I was like, I wonder if I'm supposed to put these up here. But then I was like, whatever. If it's not supposed to be up there, I'll, they'll take it down. So I just put everything up. I was like so into the yeah, before like school shut down and things like that, it was exciting. So I'm glad you've been an avid listener since then. That makes me that makes my heart tickle, you know. <laughs> um, and you graduated in 2020, right? Like you, yes. like we're gonna jump right in. Like 2020 was a year. Everyone who has lived who's lived this long has you know seen 2020. It wasn't just a New York thing. It wasn't just a U.S. thing. It was a global <laughs> phenomenon that was 2020. And you had to graduate into a world like that, right? So. I guess my first question to you before we even jump into what it looked like graduating at that time was how would you describe your college experience in just one word or phrase? That's wow. One word. That's difficult. Okay. It is difficult. It's it's not an easy question. I guess it was very eye opening. I learned so much about myself and others and I've developed interconnected interpersonal relationships I had ever expected. I'm very introverted and I never thought that I would develop these sort of friendships that you know these friends are now my sisters they are across the world and we still keep in touch and connected yeah I think that surprisingly that's the part that always stands out like the academics the advising the admin all of that is sort of in retrospect kind of seems like a scam to me (laughs) (laughs) not a scam I mean, uh, like, inter- it, I mean, uh, that's an exaggeration because clearly realizing relative to others, I'm more of an intellect in conversations. I, you know, we bring up topics that are were so important in our school and campus to, uh, to, you know, whether it's depending on self-advocacy or advocating for others that people are still not used to doing in the workspaces, you know. Um, and yeah, I'm very much proud of that, having that ability to being that analytical, you know, wherever I am, it's definitely um, a privilege to say the least. Um, But yeah, I mean, the school part is kind of, doesn't really come off as a, as more of an important thing than like the friends and the friendships and the relationships that I've developed there. Like those are what you're going to actually carry. You're like, I'm not going to remember what I learned in Gen Chem at all. Like, you know what I mean? Or something along those lines. Like it's more so the relationships that you're able to build. And who you're able to see to this day, which which is impactful, because school is the last place. I'm not going like you know, it's like oh, you can make friends out of school. Yes, you can. However, at the same time, like those friends you make at school is like there's no other situation or condition where you're gonna be kind of like forced to be with around around other people and then have to make those connections in that like environment that fosters it. Like work is like yeah, you can have work friends, but they're gonna be your work friends, right? Like there's always right. gonna be that like mm, still gotta there's be there's always careful. a boundary of professionalism right. and you know right but your friends from school from college it's like those are your day ones they saw you in your pajamas they saw you in like you know whatever and so like that boundary doesn't exist necessarily so you know 
that's one I would I agree with that that's definitely something that I'm finding to be very true at least in my journey right now and in terms of like let's let's go back to Haifa in 2020 like this our podcast loves the reflecting we love to think and we love to think back to where we were and where we are now so where you were in 2020 what were some of your initial thoughts um whether that be worries or hopes about one just graduating in general regardless of what year you graduated in just graduating as a concept out of college what were some of your initial thoughts on that yeah, I was actually very excited. Um, I had, and everyone knew this at school, um, at least my really good friends or my coworkers at work, uh, you know, at BCIT where I worked, um, were very aware of, I had this countdown, <laughs> countdown to graduation, and I would look I would look forward to it every day. Like, guys, we have 180 days to graduation. Oh and like I said, I in retrospect, I, I am the type of person who I, I think college wasn't for me. Like I would thrive in more of a very applicable trade skill sort of a environment. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was very much like, OK, so, I'm you know, studying math, let me graduate, let me get my grades and sort of um, at the same time, I had these fears of um, should I apply to jobs? Because at that point, I was thinking about flight school because I actually wanted to uh, become a commercial pilot. I know okay. that's like it's 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 a little uh, out there as a New Yorker, but yeah, that's what I was thinking of doing. So, so it was sort of uh, balancing out applying to jobs, but at the same time figuring out what my uh, next part of you know the transition would look like, whether it's taking some sort of a gap and starting flight school or whether it's actually starting a full-time job. So it was very much that. And, you know, obviously things are out of my control at the, at the, in, right. around March when, you know, internships, internships were taken away and um, job, you know, job postings were taken down, especially for the class of 2020. We very much had to follow class of 2021's recruiting cycle. Basically. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. that being the case. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, just generally really excited because I I worked my ass off in college, right? And I wanted my senior year to be like, I took very little classes. I had some of my really good friends to my sweet mates. Um, but at the same time, I was trying to not stress out in terms of, because I was so burned out also, I was trying not to stress out too much about the job application process because I was applying to several of them, but it wasn't like a full-time, like apply to 20 every day sort of scenario. That wasn't part of something I was really concerned about. Right. Um, yeah. Well, did you end up going to pilot school? I feel like that's my like first off the bat question. Or are you still considering no, it? No, um, I am considering it, but not as commercial. So hopefully, as just private, recreational for fun. You know, funsies. Whenever I, you know, the girl's gonna get the bag. Right. She's gonna have a lot of savings. Right. <laughs> because of the pandemic, because of circumstances, I'm, I was realizing it was not necessarily the most sustainable. Considering not just myself, but my family as well it's unfortunately not going to be a thing. But at the same time, I am reflecting on this year and realizing that maybe it wouldn't have been the most good, you know, the most optimal lifestyle that I kind of see myself um, living or wanting to live at the moment. So things happen for a reason. Right. Like the entire world shuts down for a reason for us to really rethink our priorities and think, what do you really want to do? And everything kind of went on to Zoom, right? By the end of your senior year. Your, the school, I'd like to think of school as like chapters and our chapter for school kind of had, or at least undergrad ended, right? So what was the like specific questions? Like what was the last class you attended or what was the last assignment you submitted? 
or even what did you do on the last day of campus like your last thing the last assignment I submitted was for intermediate macroeconomics I think I submitted like a 12 15 page paper that I was I extremely BS but ended up doing really well at uh, really well in the class overall you put the least effort into it and then, oof, and then you put so much effort into something else and it's like why did I get the grade that I get so yeah exactly exactly and um, I mean at that point all classes were pass fail so I was trying to cut myself you know just give myself some cut myself some slack of these assignments um those weren't really important or like the least of my worries at that time but I did remember I mean especially for class of 2020 for us it seems it almost seemed like the chapter closed around March when we were all um you know, forced to leave out. We had about a week to pack our things and start leaving the campus. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, I think I was the second to last person leaving my suite, but saying all my goodbyes to my really good friends and suite mates was heartbreaking because it was, you know, it's it was unexpected and short and it, we just had to get to the point and, you know, not enjoy the cumulative stress, years of just like anticipation on the events and all that. Again, first world problems, right? Like given the pandemic and all that. Um, so that's, it's hard because I wouldn't even consider that the end of the chapter because we didn't have a graduation. So it just felt really hard to transition from college to adulthood and you know, whatnot. So that process, I would say a lot of us are bit, bittersweet about. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still figuring out where that chapter ended. I think for all of us, it's different. Right. Because you didn't have that definitive cap and gown moment where you like, you know, put the tassel when you see your class and like the masses of like light blue Columbia, whatever, the regalia, like that was not a stamp. Yeah. I still have not put on my cap and gown oh it's gosh. literally in that package it's really yeah <laughs> it's 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 difficult um yeah because it, it is more of a me- mentality than the event itself I didn't realize and for all of us we were realizing that wow th- it's really hard to move on from us no longer being suitmates or being good you know really close friends living together because it's all it was all so drastic of a transition yeah it was no it was abrupt like everything ended Ab- abruptly and Yes. It's like, well, okay, if you didn't have that definitive, even like you're right, it's not just a physical, it's like the mental, like, am I truly ever done or am I truly done? I don't feel like I'm done, but I have to be kind of thing. So I guess how have you been toggling? Like, are you, are you still at that point right now? I mean, you said you haven't opened up your regalia just as yet, but like, are you, have you found a way to feel like, you know what? Yes, I have finally closed that chapter. Like, do you feel like that's a definitive for you or are you still trying to search for that? Yeah, I'm not. I know a lot of my friends are like, we need a graduation again. You know, Borna needs to plan something. I have sort of moved on from that because, again, life went on, even if I didn't want it to, right? I was just figuring things out at home. Both my parents had actually lost their jobs during the pandemic, so I had to really pivot my plans in terms of, like, whether, again, flight school or taking a little bit of a break because I've been working all four years of college. I had to put that to a stop and really think about, you know, survival at that point, because we do, you know, we're, I'm a first gen low income student. I don't necessarily have the financial um, sustenance that some people may have. So that's when I kind of had to scramble and figure out, you know, just grow up essentially, (laughs) you know, get a full-time job and provide for my parents while they were still trying to figure out what to do next. Right. I mean, there's so many people who 
were affected in the pandemic in many different ways. It wasn't just health, it was finances, et cetera, et cetera. But hopefully they're doing better. I'm going to put that into the universe, right? They're, have they gotten new jobs and things along those lines? Or Yes. Yeah. And everybody has their pandemic story. And right. I'm just very, very grateful that they're safe and well. Right. You know, that's all I could ask for. But yeah, they are. They're doing they're doing much better. Yay. Yes. <laughs> we love to hear that on H Suite, you know, people take a hit, but we're able to bounce right back. Like that versatility and that like drive to just continue yes. forward is just is something in us that's I really appreciate. So I'm glad to hear that. And you mentioned your job, right? So flight school became kind of the backseat. So what did in turn like become the job that you decided to go for? And how did that process, like, you know, how did you start your job hunting process? Because everything was going online, right? Whether it be jobs, whether it be new positions opening up or older positions no longer existing or positions you thought would last but no longer exist because of how the online platform works. What was that job hunting process like for you? So I realized very early on that um, you really needed the network during the pandemic to get a job because <laughs> yep. I applied to I would say around 200 300 jobs and I wasn't receiving that many like I would return I would receive like three or four interviews going through them but the ones where I have made the I had made the most pro- progress with the job application process is when I had spoken to someone for someone I know or someone who can actually refer you know um, refer me to the position right so um, I am currently working as an IT specialist at Columbia's graduate school, actually, their school of social work um, school. Nice. Um, and um, I actually, the, the process, again, I think similar to other jobs, there were rounds of interviews that I had to go through. Yeah, I actually got a referral from one of my, one of the coworkers who actually was also a Barnard grad, I think class of 2019, 2018, I believe. Yeah, that that was that's sort of the process, and that's what I'm doing right now. That's so cool, and also because you work at BCIT, which is Barnard's our school IT system. So I'm assuming that that also helped in terms of like the resume and stuff like that. Yes, so we uh, they actually use the same ticketing system, which we're still trying to figure out as a department actually, which is really exciting because I had a lot of experience on that, so I can actually advise the team on certain things that they can do. So. Absolutely, the PCIT job has helped me um, look at that? sort of grow into the position. Yeah, for sure. So the job you had had a bigger influence as opposed to the classes sometimes. Isn't that, yeah. Is that interesting, that, though? Hey, it is what it is. But yeah. I'm glad. So you, so basically, you're still in the Columbia world. Is it, is it, oh, sorry, is it virtual still or are you going in person? How has that been like for you? Yeah, so my schedule, I'm very grateful about this. My schedule is actually hybrid. So I work on campus for two days of the week, and the other three days I work remotely. Um, I do get to see the campus. This today, uh, this weekend is homecoming weekend, so gosh, um, too many blues and happy freshman and sophomore that I'm still not you know, used to that. Because it's a full campus now. It almost looks like a full campus. And that's, I'm still not used to the whole, like, let's all gather and right. you know, get drunk and right. all that. That's so interesting. During, yeah, because yeah. when I was, when in my senior year, second semester, we went to campus, but it was not a full campus. It was like a whole, it was so odd seeing campus in that light where it's like, you barely see anyone. You have to, you know, there's a lot of checks. Everyone's walking around with masks. So it was kind of like a, a, it was, 
it was a weird place. I'm, 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 I'm happy to hear that it's almost back to normal, but at the same time, I feel you. And that is, are we ready for whatever normal is, or like this like level of having a bunch of people a gathering, et cetera, et cetera, even if they're vaccinated? Yeah, it's exactly. It's like where do you, there's no where, yeah there's like a weird line you have to tread, and I can see that the school is trying to tread it, but still adhere. To, like they probably want to be like, we still want to have the the students have fun, right? We still want them to enjoy our campus and the campus life, but how do you do that? safely responsibly responsibly right <laughs> yes. Yes. i don't know i don't know what the answer is for that but it's definitely something i would consider if i was having to think about those things i think we'd be millionaires if we had the answer to that man question. That's gonna, maybe i should maybe that's what i should be devoting my time to forget this podcast maybe we should be <laughs> right? maybe we should just be like brainstorming think tanking how do you solve these issues hey whatever maybe maybe i'll do that on a podcast who knows yeah perhaps exactly. well, i don't know we'll see but no, hybrid systems are, I personally like hybrid systems. That's one positive that came out of, you know, because you always got to look at the uh, golden nuggets of any kind of storm. There's always going to be like rays of sunshine that peek through that you just have to yes. like look through and be Absolutely. like, you know what? Yeah, this was like a crazy situation, but some some good did come out of it. And that's how you <laughs> that's how you kind of get over your own slump. You're like, I can push forward because I know that even with the bad, there's still some something I can hold on to. Right. And one thing I definitely think is a pro to what happened or what has been happening is hybrid systems. Because one, this whole like, you know, we've been, I remember when we were in high, when we were in college and we were in college around the same time, like work-life balance and all these things that people want to preach towards us and like how jobs would come in. Also, sorry, there's something else you said about networking that I'm going to get back to as well. But let me finish this point. Work-life balance and does it really exist? Is something that you can find, yada, yada, yada. Like that wasn't, it was more said and preached than it was like practiced. But I feel yeah. like, do you feel like with hybrid systems, that's something that is actually in practice? Like does hybrid system really, really help with this work-life balance push that we were striving for, we were looking into when we were thinking about the job force? Yeah, absolutely. I get, for me, it was obviously for a lot of us in different industries, it was sort of an unexpected change, but I mean, it seems like it hasn't affected productivity you know, like in numbers, you have it hasn't really affected what needs to be done. So if individuals are getting their work done and they're at home trying to do other things, like I literally painted my living room, uh, w- living room's walls while I was on shift. And, you know, th- this is while I was on call and I was checking my tickets and doing my work and getting my work done. And, and at the same time, productivity has not only remained the same or if not increased at work, but I'm also getting th- a lot of things done at home that, you know, could have waited till 5, 6 p.m. And maybe I would have been really exhausted at that point physically to get that thing done. So, yeah, I think it's definitely veering towards the right direction. I'm aware that there are some industries that are calling against that notion and really promoting in-person networking and i mean it's all it's a culture right it's definitely different industries have a different set of mind mindsets and culture so i'm 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 always curious to read about industries that are not thinking similarly or thinking in different ways so that's it's interesting to say the least yeah you're right it really depends on the industry you're in because in my industry that's something that's like being discouraged almost at least according to like leadership like they're thinking that work from working from home is counterproductive or whatever it is. But I honestly, their argument isn't for the sake of the person. And let me tell you why I think that. And what, what I mean by that, like the, there's an assumption that either you work from home and you like people forget that 
when you're home, like you could just turn your, your your computer off and like let go of the work, right? Or they're just continuously working. Like they won't like because they're they can easily open up their laptop. They'll just keep working and working and working. So like that right. blends like your work life kind of blends into your home life, so that you don't really have a definitive stop for work. Mm-hmm. That is a concern, right? However, I don't yes. know if that's necessarily the concern that is <laughs> being prompted when people say that work from home is inefficient. Or is it people, they want people back oh, in the absolutely. office. It's not like, I'm wondering, is it more for like, is it, and I know the answer. I just don't want to, I just want to put it out as a question. It's like, is it more of a, no, we care so much about our employees that we want. We don't want them to, you know, we want them to be able to have a definitive work life, home life. Or is it just, you just want to be stalking us on the, on the job. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's iffy absolutely. whenever I hear absolutely. people's question, like, I'm like, what's your, what is your underlying intention or meaning when you say work from home isn't necessarily productive? Like, who is it not productive for? Right. That's tea. Yeah. That's tea. We, we can, we can leave it at that because I don't want to dabble too much. And <laughs> just in case. Girl. Just in case. Yeah. I'll put that into the universe for people to think about and consider when they're thinking about, when they're reading these headlines, right? Because there are so many headlines about work from home is like great for productivity. And then you hear something else like work from home is bad for productivity or work from home like it blurs the line of work-life balance and work from home actually gives us work-life balance so like these like counter arguments are always a back and forth i even saw an argument one time or i think it was like a bloomberg um uh article that said like women of color find that working from home has like made things like more equivalent or like made things like kind of like broke that higher i don't want to say on a hierarchy but i want to say like they've found that they've been more i don't know how to phrase it correctly but they find that working from home is, like, better for them. Like, whether it be, like, being accepted, the, what their work they do. Because at the end of the day, your work is all that's being judged then. Because you don't see the people. Like, there's no, like, inherent, like, prejudices being at play. It's just whatever work right. you can produce at what time. And if you meet the deadlines, then you're good. So your work speaks for itself almost in a way. I don't know. Right. So I've seen headlines yeah, like I that, mean, too. There, there does need to be a conversation on certain things that, could help somebody, you know, transition from a full-time on-site job to a, you know, hybrid or remote situation. Like, yes, separating or setting boundaries in your room or your office about, you know, when to use the computer, when not to, and all that. I do think that is something that obviously there was no transition. Everything, things were abrupt. That transition was abrupt, but um, I agree with you. I, like you said, it definitely depends on the industry and the culture and yeah. and people are just marketing in ways that are all about their self-interests and not, you know, that may not necessarily focus on, you know, whoever is working for them. I'm not sure. Again, it depends on the company. It depends on the sure, company. You know. It depends on where you're working and it depends on who you're working for. But Absolutely. I see all sides of the coin, right? Like there's just, the arguments are all coming in from everywhere. So I would love to see a succinct like this, like, and also I think you know what I'm gonna take, I'm gonna retract that because I don't think there can be one 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 size fits all for anybody. Like some people will just yeah. want to work in office because they want to. They need to get away from their home space. They like that differentiation. Some people yes. prefer the hybrid. Like I don't mind going into office three times, two times a week, and then being at home whatever amount of times a yeah. week. And then some people just like, nope, I just want to stay home the entire time. I want to work for you from a distance. I don't need to see you in person. We'll just stick to Zoom. And like, that's like a whole spectrum of like from completely in person to like mixed to like completely at home. And wherever you lie on that, I guess that just depends on where the what argument fits you. 
Yeah, and it is an interesting problem for the company to figure out, you know, office space or protocols that they need to yeah. put in place. It is more work and operational costs regarding what certain expenses might not. Yeah. Like the cost benefit an- analysis is more foggy. I can imagine. <laughs> if people are working remotely and if if it does depend on the nature of the job or not even if it more depends on the person that makes the problem even more dynamic and difficult yeah, to solve because you got to make it an individualized solutions exactly which is obviously yeah. no everyone kind of wants to do like a big scoop kind of thing like one exactly. one band-aid fits all <laughs> and it comes easier <laughs> it's more like for the company so like it, it really depends on whose perspective you're looking at are you a company lead how are you thinking about it are you an employee how you're thinking about it wow this is a complicated thing oh wow yes now i see <laughs> like not that i now i see it's like i can see where the why there's so much like conflicting messages being thrown around about what works yes. best because it's so it's individual it really is okay but we'll leave it at that just because we don't have a solution just yet we'll put it out into the ether maybe we'll come up with a solution as we go about this this season to, to what people can do as i hear and maybe as i hear more and more people talk about it maybe i'll have my own synopsis about what works best but for now I'll leave it into the ether and uh, or if you <laughs> yes. guys, you know, the audience have your ideas on what you think, or what you think is the better way and why you think is the better way. Let me know, like DM me, message me. I want to know what you think. Let's, <laughs> let's put that out there. Uh, and I guess my question, I, like, I feel like when I was a senior, I was always thinking about, oh my God, school life. Like we know what school life is, right? Like we, we've been doing it for years. Work life, however, is something like I did yeah we did I did part-time as well like you said you work at BCIT while you were in college I worked at the library while I was in college so we have a taste for like work and things along those lines but now we're like full-time right and what are the biggest differences do you think exist between work life and school life like how how would you differentiate those two because they are different and they require a different set of principles basically the difference for me is pretty overwhelming. I am, again, I have a very nine to five, eight hour shift job. And my job does not trickle into once I clock out. So the amount of time that I have afterwards is something I am always having a crisis about because I'm used to being in school and always having something to do. I'm running around from class to job, yep. from class to library, from class to what, whatever, event, clubs, you know? And, Internships, um, et cetera. Exactly. That, that, uh, that freedom is, and this is sort of even in the grand scheme of things, um, that freedom, especially for someone like me, I know some people can feel very liberated by that sort of idea or lifestyle, but... I'm not used to the whole, okay, so now there's, there are no set of instructions that you can, that you can fall, you need to follow. And, um, you have the freedom to do whatever you want. (laughs) And that's overwhelming for me. Um, it was, it was pretty overwhelming because again, for, like you said, the past 20 years or 18, 20 years, we have been used to following these instructions being, learn you know being either spoon-fed information or actually you know learning what not and whatnot um that that freedom or of time and time also being pretty valuable you know because it is limited it is something you need to do something with your life like 
something, you know, you might have some philosophical needs of what you want to do with your life. All of that has was a pretty huge difference that I didn't put a lot of thought to in my college life. And if somebody and if people had like hats off to you for doing that ahead of time, because I didn't I underestimated that because I, you know, I was paying bills before I even got into college. Like I was paying bills for my parents. I was handling their finances. You know, I'm I have spreadsheets on budgeting. Like I was very like, okay, I can get this adulting stuff done. Like I've I you, you know, I've sort of grown into it. Essentially, I had to do a lot of things that other kids might not have to do. Um, and I thought it would be easy, but I think the whole philosophical idea of, okay, but is this what you want to do? Or are you making the best out of your time? Are these yeah variables that I'm not a fan of? And I think about them too many times. Like it's always in my head, like, girl, are you doing something with your time? Right. <laughs> or, ooh, you have some hours. Are you going to, you know, waste them and do any- nothing for anything productive or work on a project? Like, it's, that's, yeah. And it, it's something I'm still trying to figure out at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to point out a few things that you said that stuck out to me, like how in college it felt like we didn't have the, you know why? It's because we didn't have the time to think about these things. Like to think about what would I, what I want to do, the grander scheme of things. Cause college kind of like you, you're a college student and that's, that's your identity for like a long time. And it encapsulates everything you do, who you are, how you breathe, what you think about. It all pertains to the work you need to do in that world. So that's why it feels like, like when people say you're a college student, like that's a, that's a whole, that's like a, it's a truth. It's like who you are <laughs> because that's, that's, that's all you think about. Right. So, I think it's fascinating that when we're given time, like, cause you know, we have work. Yeah. You know, if you have your, especially if you have that standard nine to five and you're not, and you work from home, let's say like three out of the three out of five days, and you don't have to worry about transportation. Like that's literally that. It's like that nine to five boof, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like yes. you have the rest of your day to do as you please. And you don't necessarily want to waste it because you're like, you're right. You say we, we don't have a infinite amount of time on this world. So like, how do you make the most use of your time? At the same time, I'm wondering, like, and I see, I think that's where your 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 moral dilemma, or not moral dilemma, but your your like conflicting is like, well, sometimes you don't have to do anything either. Like, not to say you don't do that, don't do anything at all in life, but like, why is it not okay for us to just, you know, chill, be just to be yes. and exist, right? Like, yes. I wonder why. Like, I think part of it might just be also like where we grew up. Like, New York City is like a go go go. Everyone's always doing something, so you feel like you have to do something. Also, you're you're a recent college grad, so like. If you're not doing something, it's always like, what am I, what am I, what's going on? Like, why am I not using my time? Why am I not optimizing my time right now? Yes. So I really find that fascinating because that's something I've had. Now, you're not the first person to say that um, in my conversations that I've had with people where it's like, well, what do I do after work, right? Or like, how do I maximize my time? And I'm just like, what's wrong with just marinating and chilling? And I say that because... And it applies to you too, because you you twenty like between twenty whatever. We we basically graduate the same year because your graduation never happened. <laughs> but like, um, but like, let's be yes. real. Let's be real. Twenty twenty that like no one was mentally okay. Like we were all struggling, right? That like that that last year was not. It was they don't count. So if this year was like the year where you're like okay adulthood, I'm thinking we've been go 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 for so long. 18 to 20 years you just go 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 there's a linear path you have to follow you have to and like your end goal is especially the fgli student or first generation low-income students graduate with a job that's been my goal and i think that's been a lot of people's goals too so once you reach that goal 
is like, all right, I got to give myself time to make new ones. But I'm like, we're at this stage right now where it's okay to marinate because we have been nonstop for so many years that yes, that's why you're feeling this like anxiousness of like, oh, okay, I got to gotta optimize my time and you know make this a util- yeah, you know, utilize my life right now because i'm free but like girl it's okay sometimes you just gotta marinate in the moment because i like to think of my stage the stage i'm in right now is i'm back in daycare like all i gotta do is nap rest and just be curious about life because you we i have no i'm so serious like we opened up a new chapter where it's like this is the work life okay so i'm, I'm i mean i'm in work i'm doing my little thing I'm learning when the time is up and I need to go home, I'll go home and then I'll marinate. <laughs> and by marinate, I just mean just take in, just take it in. Because when you're in daycare, were you making active plans for what you want to do? No, you started doing that as you like progressed to like high school and college when you really were like critically thinking about all you knew because you fundamentally understood what school was already. So you, you were like, all right, how do I now utilize school to get to where I want to go, which is to graduate, right? Graduate completely. So now we're at that stage where we are, we got to figure out this work-life thing. We got to figure out what is work and what does it look like for me? What What do I like? What do I not like? What industry do I want to work in? Marinate, sis, marinate. And then once you are more familiar with it, that's when you can make those like definitive, like, okay, now that I fundamentally understand this this industry or this this task or this job, now what can I do? What can I, you know, not, like now that I have that basic understanding, where can I go from here? Or what can I do in addition? Like the addition would be like similar to like we understood how classes work, hence why we were able to do clubs and internships. Could be like no, the classes basically you have exams, you have tests, you have projects, and you work with groups. Like that was the fundamentals of what class was, right? Now we need to figure out what a job is. Like you know, like what you know, little things like that. I don't know. Am I? I'm just rambling at this point. But does that point make sense to you? Yes, actually, two things stood out to me. I'll try to remember because my memory's at you know horrendous. So. Um, I think so you mentioned the curiosity aspect of being in the daycare (laughs) and then first of all adults are as childish as toddlers yeah (laughs) there you go so we are in daycare tbh and but i do uh, the the aspect of curiosity and maintaining that level of critical thinking or thought and somehow yeah expanding your knowledge on things is what honestly has kept me going because work for me has been pretty much like I know the parameters of my job I do them relatively well you know and but after that it's sort of up to me to figure out new things about life because there's so much more to my bubble of New York City and or just my industry or my sphere even Columbia right I'm still there um that part is just really yeah it's it's kind of sticking out to me also in addition to the time is how do I best improve myself towards my best self, whether it's intellectually, you know, mentally, spiritually, all of these things, you know, and the other thing that you said and stood out to me is our generation is actually really good at um, encouraging mobility between jobs, right? We're very much like, okay, so this isn't working or, you know, I've, I feel like I've reached sort of the pinnacle or the idea of my job description. How do I move on to that? Uh, you know, whether it's within the same company, how do I move on to a similar job, a better job or another, a different industry if it, if it involves better pay? We're more open to, and you know, reflecting on these things and, you know, not being afraid to keep applying while you're working. And the best time to apply, um, you know, for jobs is while you're working and you got cash flow and 
you have a good uh, level of savings. Um, that sort of is the best time. But I love that hour. We're not afraid to. I know usually it's sort of like I, I love. So I read a lot about the aviation industry and a lot of people in their senior teams have always been people who've been working there 30 years, 20 years. You know, they started from an analyst, went up to senior VP. But I like the for us that we are having a conversation towards let's focus on us and let's focus on if things are fulfilling to us at the workplace and what we can do to pivot towards sort of what's best for us intellectually, physically, you know, work-life balance, whatever your values, you know, right. might be. Yeah, and that's so true because you will talk to older people and they've been there 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. And then that makes me really think, oh, do I want to also do that? Is this is this what I want my trajectory to look like? It's very Mm. the thing about job stability is i want to say it's very stable like like the way they've done it is very stable but the way their world was at our age when they were our age and the way we are now in our age come two completely different worlds i think that's what's also driving a lot of how we are more receptive to like yeah you don't like your role you know look for something that's better because you deserve better i don't know if that's necessarily the same message that was given 30 40 years ago to like employees or workers who are like if you don't like your job put your head down and work. <laughs> it was not like, okay, there's opportunity elsewhere. Um, and how you get that opportunity, I feel like in terms of like for people who are listening, like definitely always, 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 with, with, with that free time Haifa was mentioning, maybe use that time to build your skills because the skills are what's going to open up. Like as long as you are up to date on your skills, no one can tell you that you can't do whatever it is you want to do. And I fundamentally believe that because I've gotten mixed messaging from other people who are like, oh, I can't do this. Why? I don't have the right. Uh, like, I only know this one thing. Like, I'm in this sector and I know this. Okay, well, then why don't you open a book and learn the other thing? You know, like, and, and it's, it's heavily yes. discouraged to do that for some reason. Like, they're like, after 30, after 40, it's over. It's like, is it? I'm really, maybe I'm just too optimistic. Maybe I'm just like a naive 22-year-old who doesn't understand how the world works. In my head, I'm like, as long as I'm breathing, there's always going to be an opportunity. But I guess maybe that's yes. just me being a little bit too optimistic. I don't know if that's... You and me both. Right? <laughs> maybe we're just naive and we just don't fundamentally get it. Maybe when we're like at that age, we'll be like, ah. Oh. But for now, I just can't see it. Other variables will come into play. You'll have, a, you know, if you're someone, you might be living with somebody else. Yeah, you family, might have a family. Et cetera, et cetera. Like so many other, yeah. So that's when your time becomes more fractional. I see. Yeah. <laughs> per I guess that reflecting sense. on yeah job and whatnot, yeah so. and like oh i'd rather be more stable than take a but like then you then you feel stunted because what's the what's the word for it is not just take a risk but take a educated risk risk that makes yes. sense right like but still don't be afraid to take a risk right even if it's like a more refined risk and something you really thought about and you really tried to like whatever i don't think you should ever stop being like that's where that like whole back to like the childhood curiosity thing like i vowed to myself i was like no matter what age where i'm at i'm never gonna let that spark die because when people like you know they say the monotony of life but even if even if you have like that established like um you you go to work you have a family at home like people find it fall into this kind of grunt where they're just like things are just like so the same or things are just like not moving it's because you you've i feel like people have lost that like childhood curiosity or childlike curiosity where you're just not trying to look outside of yourself or what is out there you know like don't let that spark die always be a curious kid in in the inside don't be like childish on the outside obviously but like have that little child in you that was so happy and excited to learn about life you know yeah agreed mm-hmm.
So yeah, we're out here spilling some tea for the masses. Just, you know, as we're contemplating our own lives, thinking about where we can go from there. Actually, you mentioned earlier before we even got on the, the episode that you are now a homeowner. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about that or what that process looked like for you. Do you mind talking about that a little bit or walking us through that? Sure, I'm more than happy to. Again, this is, it was pretty unexpected. I did, a, I mean, not to, I don't want to discount the amount of research and work that I put into before making this decision. But, um, you know, I just, I lived in Yonkers and I lived in a shitty apartment. Sorry, I don't know. And uh, New York City rent is, it's horrifying. It you is. Know, the numbers are very it's just, it was just not sustainable on my parents' end. So I was thinking, especially doing after the math or speaking with a lot of individuals, whether it's, uh, you know, loan originators or realtors, um, we just thought it would be more sustainable to have a property where we can rent and, you know, pay less than, you know, what two bedroom, three bedroom apartment would cost in New York City. So we sort of did, we were doing the mathematics and also, I am extremely frugal with my money. <laughs> so, and I've been, you know, supporting my family um, for the last year. And while I was doing, you know, I was, whatever went to supporting my family, the rest went to savings. So um, my parents felt really confident, especially with the ability to have a lower interest rate, to also have a good env- environment where prices are slowly but steeply increasing. We were trying, you know, they were just a little, they wanted to really get a, have a property. And, you know, it's not necessarily a decision that I co- was entirely comfortable with because, again, I am 23, 24, right? Like, why why would I be a property owner in New York City at that age? You did that for you. I mean, but you did it, right? That's pretty impressive. At the same time, it was sort of the right thing to do at that moment in time. And it was definitely a process, but it's, it's rewarding seeing my parents in a house that's not falling apart, you know, that's not going, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's up to code. And, you know, we're actually onboarding a tenant this week. So that's really exciting. Yay. It's definitely a part of my life that I didn't expect to go through this early in my, you know, I guess it, it had to happen because it, I just, it's just something I owe to my parents where, you know, immigrants we've been here for 10 years in the u.s my parents have given up a lot of things and i know that that doesn't necessarily mean we owe them or that we should you know that it's indebted right. it's more of a i guess it was just something i had to do and yeah because for you wanted to do for, right exactly for the stability of my own for, for myself and my family so yeah yeah that's, no, that's, you're being, you're like, that's inspiring me. You know, people are like, oh, it's like a brag. Like nothing about what you said was a brag or a flex. I feel like it, it came from like a really genuine place. And that inspires me to like also want better for myself and my family as well. Because you're right. My, my parents are both immigrants when they came in the U.S. So like I'm first generation as well. And these are the type of things that you want to be able to say, like, I don't know. It's, like you don't feel, it's not, a, you're right. It's not a requirement to like owe your parents back. But because you know where they came from and you know their story and their journey and how hard they worked for you to get to where you are, it's almost like it's like a no duh. It's like second nature for you to think, yeah, I I have to do something for these awesome human beings who've put so much into me. So many of my friends who are not immigrants, they were all they were just like, wow, really, you're going to buy property for your parents? Why aren't you moving out? And it's it's again, it's a lot of 
you will not understand understand the experience un- unless you're an immigrant or you're empathetic enough to put yourself in those shoes, you know. But it is definitely a unique experience and people won't understand what that means and what that importance of survival and safety supersedes everything. Right. The basic human instinct, which is to survive, which is not a bad yeah. instinct to have, might I add. Yes, absolutely. No, but congratulations. I feel like that like that deserves a round of applause. Maybe I'll put like an applause uh, audio in the background <laughs> because no, honestly, I feel like that's so cool. And that's something I would love to do as well or be able to do. So like maybe they'll be in my trajectory as well. Like who knows? But like you you doing something like that inspires people who are like you, like whether they're FLI. Sorry, and you said you're immigrants. So where are you immigrating from? I immigrated from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Look at you. Yeah. I need to visit there, by the way. I want to go there so bad. <laughs> um i know it's hot though i know it's very hot over there <laughs> it gets it's like that dry that's why i can't yeah i can't stand the cold yeah. for a reason <laughs> <laughs> oh this is all coming back full circle when you mentioned you don't like the cold makes a lot of sense yeah. it gets very hot it's like a different type of hot like west africa it gets hot but i've been to dubai and i've like the middle east it's like a hot, dry heat yes like, you don't even know how intense it is until you're there like you have to really experience it anyways besides that congrats again and i'm very very i don't know if that matters to you but i'm very proud of you and what you've accomplished thus far and i know you're going to accomplish more as you move forward for sure thank you thank you i'm still battling with the whole am i doing enough for myself Mm -hmm. beyond in the big picture of all of this stuff and you know it's 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 such a yeah it's a very interesting existential crisis it's weird can i ask like what do you think that's stemming from like that whole feeling of like not you don't feel like you're doing enough when you're doing some like fantastic things that even someone your age wouldn't be doing right like where do you think that stems from it definitely comes from my circle right like people who've graduated they're doing full-time jobs they're very much doing things for themselves and or just like just making sure they're self-advocating in some aspect of their life right and I feel like I've been advocating a lot for my family, which, which again, it comes into conflict of some things I have to put in the back seat in the meantime, you know, whether it's again, like, am I intellectually stimulated or am I doing what I've wanted to do and all of those things. But it's, it's something, it's a, it, it's a constant battle, but that doesn't necessarily again counter counteract the the blessing of being able to own a house and helping out your family, right? So it's it's an interesting uh, crisis for sure. Yeah, and I think your your take on it in terms of like what your friends are doing versus what you're doing. To be yeah. honest, sorry, I know there's a lot of background noise. So if anyone hears background noise or if you hear background noise, I'm in my house. There's no studio. Howa is still out here in the Bronx doing things, but um. In terms of like priorities, I feel like you mentioned that your friend group has like, obviously we're all, we're going to be in your twenties. You're very self-interested. That's like the biggest thing. Like, cause there's like, there's a, at least in States, or let me say New York or in the U S let me speak specifically to our context where if sure. you're in your early twenties, there's like, there's like a thing you need to do. If you want to like have long-term longevity, like financial planning, et cetera, et cetera, you should be investing in everything. You should be trying out new mm-hmm. things. You should be really, really focused on you you should be, you know, finding the jobs or putting your head down and working really hard because you are just trying to grind, right? Like that's, that's what the culture is. Or you're trying to figure it out, make mistakes, yada, 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 go out, party, come back. There's like a defined idea of what a 20 year old's life looks like in this country or the city. At the same time, we know 
that that's not everyone's life. <laughs> that's not yeah. how, that's not everyone's priority. Like my priority isn't I'm going to work my job or I'm going to work a hundred hours a week and then on a, go on a happy, happy hour on a Friday to just mingle with my friends. It's like, no, I have a family to like support. I have to go back home. I have to, I have priorities that are not just me. Um, it might be earlier than what you expect or what you think a 20 year old or 22 year old should be thinking about, but that's what I think about. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then it's like, how do you break it to people who don't, who aren't familiar right. with the cultural difference or multiple exactly. cultural differences that exists for people like us or people like me and people like you? Cause we're not, we're also not the same either. Right. Like I want to make sure that we have our individual say, I'm not going to generalize sure. all fly students have the same story or all people who are immigrants have the same story. Like we're just, it's different. Right. Yeah, I I actually was signing up a, a a lease as the landlord, and I feel very old for my age. Like I said, it's all relative to people around me and people my age around me. I feel yeah, I don't feel like I'm a 23, 24 year old, and sometimes that I'm I do think about is that a concern? You know, it's that. But then I realize that that you know life is going to I'll have to make some decisions that doesn't necessarily you know have to constantly be compared to people around or align with what is being told okay or align with what's being the majority message because if you're somewhere else in the world it's a different story completely so sometimes you also got to think about like out of context there there's no one there like you're haifa at the end of the day you have to realize i'm an individual there is a majority story for how i'm supposed to be living my life but who told me i'm supposed to live my life this way and once you start questioning that that's when you realize screw those people or like not screw those people like really think like you know what i'm doing what i need to be doing because i'm a i personally let me just say this is my opinion it doesn't have to be yours believe that everything happens for a reason and you you do what you do for a reason and whatever is meant to be will happen kind of thing like i'm very into that level of like letting things go because that helps me like with my stress and helps me like really really put something above myself so if you were meant to buy your parents a whole house in your 23 24 year old lifespan girl it's a blessing let me just yes. put that out there if anyone tells you otherwise let them know that Hawa herself told you <laughs> that it is a blessing and it is something that not everyone people will strive for but not everyone can achieve especially at your age so yes you might yeah. feel sorry it's like plane going above me so if you hear that in the background i'm sorry i apologize but you know, can't really control the noise in the Bronx, whatever. <laughs> but in my opinion, I really feel that if you're able to do something and if you, and you and because you said you did the research, you did everything you needed to do to do it. So, like, you did what needed to be done, honey, and you did it not for yourself, but for your family. That's like a level of selflessness that I think needs to be more appreciated or more celebrated, like selfishness and being you know, the, you know, our, our, our culture here in this country, city, whatever you want to, whatever context you want to call it, the U.S. or the New York City context, but like being pull yourself by the bootstraps, individualism, be an individual, think about yourself and only yourself, and then think about your family in your 30s. It's like, okay, well, you could just, you know, be doing that in your 20s. Like, who told you you couldn't do that? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, why do we put age to anything? Like, you're mature. Yes. Still only 23, 24. So don't forget that either. So don't feel like, oh, I'm going yeah. ahead of my time too much yada yada yeah. yada girl you're doing exactly what you need to be doing at this point in time and don't let anyone tell you otherwise yeah absolutely yeah and i gotta remind myself to have you know 
do stupid shit every now yeah, and then. Yeah, and you should. You, you absolutely should. You, I, like, why shouldn't you? Yeah. Like, why? Like, I, my dumb, like, I just spend money. Like, clothes have become, it's bad, but clothes have become my, like, new, like, I'll waste so much money on them and I wouldn't even <laughs> blink an eye because I'm just like, when else have I been able to, I've never done it before. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Why not? I'm making money. Why not? Like, it's so dumb, but it's like, you know, stupid. Sh- like when you turn thirty, you'll be like, "Yeah, when I was, I was in my twenties, I did cool things, like you know, bought a house and things." But I still did dumb things too, and that's okay. There's like we're humans and we're not perfect. There's, you know, even in your thirties, you're gonna be doing things that you're just like in your forties, you're gonna be looking back like, "Why did I do that?" That is okay. That's that's what makes your life interesting. That's you know, that spices it up, right? You don't want to be, you know, when you when I'm in my rocking chair, I want to say, "Yo, I did things." When I did it, I tried. I like whatever I wanted to do, I tried it. If I didn't have the means to do it, I still try to do it anyways. And if I failed at it, at least I say, at least I could say that at the end of the day, like, you know, some people be like, oh, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But then you end up doing it anyways. I'd rather be the person who does what I wanted to do and then learn from it, yes. even if I failed or succeeded. Because then I can say, you know what, at least I did it, as opposed to someone who just listened to other people and just didn't end up doing it at all. And then you regret just yes. not trying. Yeah. So all that is like, wow, that, that, that just came from my soul. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's something I've been thinking about, so I had to just put it out there. Um... But that came from the soul. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that was really, really well put thought. Thoughts. Girl, that's what we do out here on the H Suite. You know, you've been at, you've been at it. You've been listening and you, you hear my craziness. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I'm surprised that you still listen to me and my ramblings. Because <laughs> I be spewing things and I don't know if they're right or wrong or whatever they are. But they are what they are, I guess. Any last, I guess, in terms of, because I'm looking at the time, um, yeah. in terms of just, like, because you've been, you've been through a lot. I wish we had more time to just delve in. Maybe more, we might actually do another episode, if you're down for that, of course. Just, like, to, like, really go in depth or, like, catch up with you in later time to talk more about where you are now. Maybe aviation will be where you, like, maybe you'll be flying planes the next time I chat with you, right? But tell me what's something that, for people who are, I guess going into the workforce now, like people like me or people who are seniors about to graduate and going to college in this world that we're living in, or if you're in New York, this like environment that they're living in, what are some things that you want us to keep in mind as we transition or learn to transition out of college and into the workforce or into the next chapter of our lives? It doesn't necessarily have to even be the workforce. It could be whatever it is you want to do next. What are things you think we should be keeping in mind? I think even after you graduate, you're, you're going to just learn so much about yourself. Just learn to be more self-aware and learn some of your quirks. Because I just found out, like, I'm slightly lactose intolerant. Or, like, I discovered how using cruise control because I drove to Long Island the other day. You know, like, just having those small discoveries and curiosities and also understanding your strengths and limitations, you're going to learn so much about that. Especially in the workforce, you'll realize... um, you know, what kind of uh, environment do I prefer? Do I like to rather work on my, you know, rather work on a cubicle, rather work remote? You know, you'll just, you learn a lot about yourself and you should give it, you know, full thought, reflection and and just give it all the time you need to process and slowly pivot your life towards that. What do I really want? Or is this where I feel, you know, safe, secure or happy, content? Yeah, I, I just feel like it's all pretty overwhelming and scary. But at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to also reach out, whether it's your friends, even your advisor. My te- my advisor, had, we actually 
met on Zoom recently, and I told her all about how flight school didn't work out. And she was like, "OMG, why not?" You know, it was just you can you there are people you have the support system, especially in school. Don't ever underestimate your network, your alumni. Um, your alumni network that you can reach out to, whether it's in LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, or for Barnard, we also have now Handshake. I know Columbia has Line, you know, Line Share and whatnot. Just constantly be open-minded to learn more about yourself and pivot your life towards what you really want out of it. Oh, that's so. That was needed. Sorry, I'm like tearing up. Not tearing up, but like that, 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 that hit me because it's like I'm having those existential crises now because I feel like. My life has changed so much in just one year. But yes, thank you for that tidbit. And I will definitely hold it to my heart. And hopefully the listeners will also take something out of that too. I want to say thank you so much, Haifa, for taking the time to chat with me, for taking, for just being super, super supportive. Like, let me tell y'all, she is always messaging me about like, like just encouraging me to like, just do things and yes, congratulating me on my episode. So like, you don't know, like that just means... It, like you know because i started the podcast it was like i only i'll i'll be my only listener so even if i get like one person listening to i'm just like oh my god another person listened and it's so it's such a fantastic feeling if i must say so myself so thank you for all your support and everything that you do and i'm so proud of where you're going and who you are right now because you've just always been like such a put together and mature person and i don't and i think that's your it should it's your shield and your weapon and don't let it be a weapon used against you it should be the weapon you use against the world your level of maturity and your level of like intellect and the ability to think about things things people your age you wouldn't be thinking about so i hope you take that with you too yeah appreciate it of course if you want to follow along on this season's journey definitely check out at eight sweet chats on instagram that's where i do a lot of my updates if you have any questions inquiry you yourself want to be a guest on the show definitely dm me either on instagram or email me formally eight sweet chats at gmail.com i will answer and that's all hopefully you take care of yourselves try your best to send positive vibes and spread positive energy around and i'll talk to you guys soon peace